begin here. Psalms 31. In you and no other, Lord, I take my shelter. When I take my shelter, I know that you'll never let me be ashamed. And you'll vindicate us by rescuing us. Listen to us even now and quickly deliver us. Be our protector and refuge, a stronghold where we can be saved. You are our high ridge. You're our stronghold. For the sake of your own reputation, lead us and guide us. You free us from the net that has been hitting for us. We've found that you are the place of our refuge. Into your hands I entrust my life. You will rescue me, O Lord, because you're the faithful one. I hate those who serve worthless idols because I trust in the Lord. I'm happy and I rejoice in your faithfulness because, yes, you take notice of our pain and you are always aware of how distressed we have been. You don't deliver us over to the power of our enemy, but you enable us to stand in a wide open place. Have mercy. Have mercy, have mercy on us, Lord, even in the midst of distress. And even when our eyes grow dim, even from the suffering that has come on us, and we feel like and maybe are experiencing a loss of physical strength. When I know that my life, I know that my life is nearing its end and, and maybe is in pain. And as my years are drawing nigh and I groan and my strength fails me because of my own sin and my bones have become brittle, because all my enemies, people are disdaining me and my neighbors are appalled at my suffering and those who see me in the street run away from me and I feel forgotten and I feel like even as a dead man and no one even thinks about me and I'm regarded as worthless and even like a broken jar, and I hear what others are saying about the terrifying news that comes from every direction and when they plot together against me and they figure out that they can even take my life. That <laughs> I place all my trust in you, Lord. And I declare, you're God. And you're the determiner of my destiny. You're the one who rescues me from the power of my enemies, and even in they chase me, I ask you now to smile on me because I'm your servant. And deliver me because of your faithfulness. Oh Lord, don't let me be humiliated, for I'm calling out to you. May evil men be humiliated and may they go welling to the grave. And may the lying lips be silenced, lips that have spoken directly against the innocent with arrogance and contempt. How great is your favor. Hey, I don't know, maybe we're all in this position or maybe we've been dealing with stuff all week. But I mean, maybe you can say this with me. 
How great is your favor, Lord. Yeah, when we're taking heat on every side, it feels like sometimes that pressure's coming all around us. Great is the favor of the Lord. Great is your faithfulness, Lord. to be loved. Great are you, Lord. Great. Great are you, Lord. Greatly to be praised.
you don't have to contend with the mind of man anymore. Ascend the resting place of the Lord, of the Lord, the ruler of heaven and earth, the ruler of sky and land, the ruler of the seas, the ruler of the deep Suppositions Cast down your Asherith poles Cast down, cast down answer you when you're in trouble. May the God of Jacob make you secure. May he send help from his temple, from Zion. May he give you support. May he take notice of your offerings and may he accept your burnt offerings. May he grant your heart's desire. May he bring all your plans to pass. Then we will shout for joy of your victory. We rejoice in the name of the Lord, the Lord our God. May the Lord grant all your requests. Now I am sure that the Lord will deliver his chosen king will intervene for him from his holy heavenly temple and display his mighty ability to deliver. Some trust in chariots, others in horses, 
but we, Lord, we are dependent on you. We need you. We need you, Lord. We need you. We need you. The Lord delivered. The Lord is our deliverer. The Lord is our deliverer. The Lord will answer us when we call out to him for help. death of this the sea swallows them all and only he remains the depths hunger for chariots and hunger for horses hunger hunger oh but he remains he who made leviathan
Suppositions, no exceptions. I want you, I want you, I want you, I want you to rest in my heart. 
rest in my mind this fire that's fueled by water that doesn't make any sense to the frame of reference in our mind a fire that can burn for eternity without consuming Wine of the Spirit, joy of the Spirit, peace of the Spirit. It's in your eyes, in your eyes, would you come? Would you come? Me is an issue with appendicitis. If, um, if any of you have had any kind of pain in your lower right side of your abdomen, it begins around your navel and it goes and shifts to the right of your abdomen. It's, it's pain that can worsen. You can cough or when you make jarring movements, that it can cause nausea um, and vomiting or loss of appetite. Anyone with a an issue that relates to that or is something related to the right side um, in this room, I want you to come forth and we pray over you. And if it's not in this room, then it, it must be in the online. Um, if it's not here, it has to be very clear about that the Lord says an issue and we don't want an appendix to rupture or anything like that but if you have any kind of symptoms that because you wouldn't if you had an appendicitis you'll know it but if you have any kind of symptoms like that I really like to pray we'd like to pray for you now anything while you have a lower right side pain right be on your right side of your abdomen anybody okay right here no okay
someone, anyone in here that maybe knows someone that has an issue like this? Anybody? Okay. Okay. I've had this happen before. We called healing out of this, uh, these events, and it, we'll find out like the next week we'll run into somebody. But I ask you if you just pray with me uh, for, the, for this healing. Is it be dangerous uh, for a person in the name of Jesus? We thank you, Lord, right now for the healing of appendix issues or the onset of an appendicitis. And I just thank you, Lord, now for that healing. <clears throat> thank you, Lord. Just, we'll wait here for a second. Um, Yes. I believe this came out a couple weeks ago, but I'm going to bring it back up again because he's um, reminding me of, um, of unanswered prayer or an, an unanswered type dilemma uh, that you may be facing. If you have an unanswered issue and you just cannot get to the bottom of it and um, I want to ask you to come forward this morning and pray over you uh, that the, the clarity would come to you for uh, this. This deals in, I've been praying for this situation and it's unanswered and I haven't been able to get, uh, you know, clarity on it. And I want to get clarity and ask you to come forward. So we just pray over you. It's unanswered issue, unanswered prayer, unanswered. I just cannot get to the bottom of this. It keeps on. And it's, it's probably creating some kind of um, problem for you or a, a situation in your family, I think. Um, it could be a health-related issue, but it's definitely, it's definitely in one of those areas, probably relationally, an unanswered issue. It could be financial. It could be in your health. But just like you want an answer, and you're asking the Lord what the answer is. So this isn't a why question. It's an answer uh, that will come to you. Now, I'm just going to say it from the Lord. You will get an answer to this. this he's going to answer you. All right, we're just going to... Um, you know, the Lord delights in giving us answers. He's not like stingy trying to hold something back. So we're going to wait here acknowledging because this is the way the Lord works. We don't really realize this about it, but he wants us to ask him. And so we're going to ask him, you know, maybe you go into your talk to him right now, commune with him about the particularity. Also recommend that you be particular with the Lord. Because if you say some kind of generalized thing, you know, he could, how's he going to answer something general? Um, when, when I pray, I've learned to be very specific with the Lord. So we want specificity here about the way that you're speaking to him. Let's, let's um, acknowledge the question. It's okay to ask it. Um, first of all, it's okay. He's a good father. If you've ever been told, be quiet, don't ask questions. It's okay. Ask the question. Even ask the hard question. Even if the question implies something you don't think you should ask, ask it. It's fine. He's, he's got you. He's going to know. So we just take that right off the top. All right, now we just ask him. says tell you he says I'm a poet <laughs> I'm a poet yes he works in prose too but he may be speaking to you poetically he's an artist he may be uh, weaving a narrative and you've been looking maybe in the wrong place want to just open your heart right now to look into a different place into the poetry beyond what you see 
It's right there. The answer is right there, right now. It's answering you. He's answering you. Give us eyes to see, Lord. Oh, illuminate our mind and our understanding to see beyond, to see you the one. I am, I am, I am, I am. Is right here blazing fire, 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 fire of holiness, fire of love. All the answers are in his love. Oh, I'm a lover, says the Lord. Oh, I'm a lover. and ingesting the tree of life. for the answers outside of us. But the kingdom of God is within you. The kingdom of God is inside of you. The kingdom of God's life is living in you right now. The kingdom of God illuminating your understanding internally that Christ in you, the hope of glory radiating out of you is the answer. The answer lies within. The answer is inside. The answer is Christ. The answer is Him. Open up. Open up you gates. And the King of Glory will come in. Who is this King of Glory? The Lord strong and mighty. Open up the gate of the Lord. The one living inside. Oh, I'm your answer. I'm your answer. I'm the lover. I'm the I'm the light. I'm the light. Always inside. Always now. got to say this word because I don't know I don't I think I know what I'm saying but I'm gonna say what he's saying to me it's a transposition it's 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 a transposition it's not a transgenderism it's a transposition for transfiguration 
It's a change in posture of position. It's just positional. That's as simple as it is. It's the Christ life living in you, radiating out of you, that changes the darkness around you. That's, that's the answer. That's the simple answer. The, the transposing, the allowing of the transposing of the life of God, believing like he's inside of me. <laughs> he's living in me now. It's connecting to the one, the one inside of you. Yes. It's not out there. It's in, he's in here. Oh, take the transposition. Eyes wide open, eyes, radiant eyes looking out of your eyes. Eyes of God, eyes seeing clearly. Mm, blessed are you, Abraham. Blessed are you, Sarah, possessor of heaven and earth. Possessor of God, El Elyon, God Most High. Blessed are you. Oh, blessed are you. telling me this and for some of us this may be like conceptually it might get into the paralysis of analysis just hear me he said think of it like this there's a seed an indestructible seed planted inside of you that he planted inside when you were born again and think of this seed right now and kind of meditate on this seed this inside of you and that it's light that this seed is light and it's indestructible. And think of it like this, that this seed of light that's inside of you is getting into the circuitry of your muscular, skeletal, nervous system into the CNS, your central nervous system. And it's going throughout. And think of it like this, that this light is going from that seed and it's traveling through your body. And you can think like this. Like the seed inside. It's radiating out. Ooh. It's going out through your body. It's climbing up all through the vessels and the organs and the tissues. And it's going up the back of your spine and into your mind. And all the Lord needs is permission to rest. That's what we give him, rest. And the electric life of God is going throughout your entire body because he's fully divine and he's fully human. God is not anti-human. So you have the engrafted seed planted into your hearts and traveling through your body. And now you have an image of a light. And think of it like pulsating light. The Christ life living in you. 
the one he, the Holy Spirit there planted. And you'll feel him. It'll feel like, for me, it feels like it's radiating through my body. Presence of God comes and then power comes to deliver and it's like light. And it goes out through your fingertips, through the top of your head. Yes, you were made to be one with him, to be in full union with the Lord. You were made for oneness with him. John 17, Father, make them one as we are one. life 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 eternal life yes now I have a transposition a new position and wait on him. is the recode this is the the coding of the Lord
I say what he says to me. I am the primogeniture of Starchild. I am the primogeniture of the galactic progeny. He is the firstborn. You are the firstborn among many brethren. The awakening is on you. This comes from him. The Lord saying to me, I declare to you. I declare the decree about my son. We declare in partnership with you an awakening, an awakening. running throughout the earth, seed of light. Light seed going throughout the earth, through the airwaves, awakening the family, royal family, the family of, the family of God, the family the bringing forth in this hour. He's saying to me, do you agree with me? I agree with you, Lord, for an awakening of the galactic progeny, for the sons and daughters born out of the heavens, for the ones born from Zion, Awake, 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 oh sleeper. Awake, awake and rise. Rise up and Christ will give you life. Wake, wake, wake. The movement of your spirit throughout the earth. Pleasant places all over the earth, all over the earth, under the sound from heaven. Fly, fly, fly. For such a time as this.
agreement he doesn't need many he just needs agreement agreement on the earth what is in heaven let it be on the earth I seek a tabernacle I seek a mishkan people that I can one myself with I agree with you Lord I agree with you Lord this is a longing of your heart longing of your heart
is like there's a people, a people in a chrysalis, wrapped in that golden chrysalis. With a complete, a complete metamorphosis, a complete change of, a complete change from one characteristic to a complete other one, right? And uh, so I got to see that chrysalis all throughout the land and all these little mini chrysalises everywhere and light is flashing out of the chrysalis and gold is gold and refining of that this remnant or this um, star child, this galactic progeny, and this light radiating, radiating for a people to come forth, to be born, to be born with God completely inside, with a full tabernacling. Like Passover and Pentecost, placed you in the chrysalis, but tabernacles will bring you out. Light, light, light. A people all over this earth, in every nation, tribe, and country, land, people. Metamorphosis. They've been hidden in Christ. Hidden in him, about to be revealed. The revelation of the sons and daughters of God. Born, born from above. The first fruits coming out, coming out with who? in us full form full formation fully changed fully alive full with God the fullness of God fullness of God in us it's not been seen yet what we are telling you it's a move of God by a spirit throughout the horde mm. bring forth
Restoring the lightning, the lightning impulse, the lightning. I will bring forth these, this thundering, the seven thunders of God. Mm, they've been shut up for all the ages. Thunder and lightning. Emerald and rainbow. Oh, the throne of God is among men. The lamb that is slain is worthy. Worthy to receive blessing and honor.
Deuteronomy 6, 4, listen, Israel. The Lord is our God. The Lord is one. It's a Shema. Listen, O Israel, the Lord is our God. He's highlighting this to me so much this week. The Lord is one. He says to me, I want full union. See it? I want oneness. I don't want separation. I don't like separation. He doesn't like divorce. He doesn't like separation. He wants full connection. The Lord is one. The Lord wants oneness. He doesn't want any impediment, anything in between. No disconnect. Not even at the basic, at the DNA level. I want full union. It was when Kara and I left the uh, Air Force and was sitting there at the little house on top of the mountain in Saluda. It was about three or four months in. I remember like sort of, I don't know if I was in a trance or what it was or if I was really tired, but I, I see this double helix of blue shining light and it just, it's coming out. Well, it's coming out of my mouth and the Lord speaks to me and he says, I want union and I will have it. You know, this is what I paid for. The Lord paid for. He paid for this union. And the Lord's high priestly prayer that he prayed in John 17 is going to get answered. The Lord doesn't get a prayer request not answered. You know what I mean? He's going to get his answer. Yes. He's going to have a full resurrection life and ascended life in his people that will bring about a transfiguration that will lead to glorification. Paul saw it. It was revealed to Paul. Tom McManus and I discussed this about a year and a half ago. It was Easter, the week before Easter Sunday. <clears throat> He's asking me about Ekanastasin, which is used only once in scripture. And and I had never heard the word in, in Greek. And so I had to go and do my own study on it. And it means the out resurrection. Ek means out. Um, anastasis means like resurrection. And started to like explore that. And I, if you want to hear that sermon, go to X2M82, X2M-82 and listen to that. But I just want to highlight Ek Anastasin as... And I, and I started to look at it that it meant, in, in short, what Paul was saying was <clears throat> there's a resurrection that's going to lead out, that's out of this world in the way that I took it and that it would lead unto a glorified body. And he'll speak about that later on in Corinthians 15. And um, so I, I had to go to the Lord and I said, why, why did Paul not... You know, because he 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 longed for this, he says, but it, it, he didn't complete that. 
because his, you know, he's going to lose his head and not go all the way to glorification. And I, I said, why? And the Lord said, because of all of y'all. And I was going to allow Paul into revelation concerning the glorification of man, but, but not even allow him. I'm going to prohibit him from being able to go through all of the interchanges that it would take to go for the full out resurrection. And he's going to long for that, but I'm not going to allow it because I have a time that I'm going to bring this about at the end of the age. And I, I thought, but Tom's, you know, went into Greek. I studied this extensively and I said, Holy Spirit, like, this is going to happen in our generation. The Lord is allowed, is allowing in this time and generation, this life, the ekanastas and the out-resurrection. And, uh, um, you know, the requirement, the way forward is hands behind your back. It's full vulnerability and dependency. It's, it's not because the Lord cannot dwell in a temple made with man's hands. And I think if I understand some things correctly here that many of us, even in this room, and maybe those of us that are listening outside of this, many of us have been uh, brought to the edge or the end of what we could do. If, if you haven't, <laughs> um, don't want to make anybody afraid and stuff, but you, yes the word won't impose his will on you but he will bring you to the end of yourself if you'll allow him and that's where he begins and that's where he transforms you. And I, I want to confess that you want this to happen to you. You want the Lord to put you in a situation that's beyond the limits of your own control and your own ability to bring something to pass or manipulate or control environments and let him have his way with you. You want this because it will matter for eternity. It will. And if you're in this kind of, if, you're, if the awareness is beginning to come to you of this kind of position in Christ, and you're beginning to come aware of that, or you've went with him so far that he's brought you to the end of a season of your life where you could do everything for yourself and take care of everything. And now you've been brought up against this thing, you could scratch in your head because now you're walking into some place of humility also known as dependency, and you feel extremely vulnerable, exposed. You feel naked. You feel exposed and you feel a sense possibly, and this isn't for you, but of shame because there's nothing you can do. Welcome to the training of Star Child. <laughs> Welcome to the end. Welcome to the end of everything that, that man could do. Because, again, I will not dwell in a temple what? 
Now, I know me, I, I was trying to set up security for everything. To, in the word I remember, he says, you're trying, to, uh, you're trying to keep yourself from me. You keep setting up securities. I was like, I thought that was supposed to, what you were supposed to do. You're supposed to take care of this and take care of that and fix this and fix that. And he said, no, I just want you to just be in the midst of being completely vulnerable, dependent, exposed, and without shame. I'm, I'm going to take all your shame away and I'm going to give you me. And if at the point that you're willing to do that, he said this to me, sovereignty rests in the individual at the point the individual rests in the sovereign. The sovereign rests in the individual at the point the individual rests in the sovereign. And so rest is the path. I don't mean like just sleeping. I mean being in the middle of everything heaped up around you Everything's coming for you. You're in the place of complete dependency and vulnerability. And you're like, oh, you, you got it, Lord. You're, you're going to take care of it. You got, you got us. And uh, so anyways, I tell just a real quick story because this is kind of cool. And I think if this may like, because... Uh, Guess Vickery and I talked this week. I'm going to ask him. He's going to come up. He's going to say a couple of things to you, and then I'll get ready for uh, the preaching. But um, as you know, our family has been having to relocate like almost once a month to another place to live. And uh, Henry said to me this morning, this is why I'm doing this, because he says, please tell the congregation what happened this week. And uh, he says, because, uh, how did you say you're not just talking it, but you gotta, you gotta walk. How'd you say it? He said, "Don't just talk about it. Walk about it." And I know the Lord told me you have no leadership if you can't live like this. At least for me, that's what He's saying to me. I will not give you leadership with a people like this if you do not live it right out in front of them. I will not have it. I, he doesn't like leadership like that, apparently. So don't talk about it, walk about it. But anyways, we're, we, uh, we've we been staying um, at Bear Wallow Mountain up in the Grand Highlands for the last month. And uh, this past Thursday came time for us uh, to move out at 10 a.m. out of that place. Um, by Wednesday morning, we still do not know where we're going to be living. And we are going to move out the next morning. You know, Kara and I have six children. And so it's, there's, there's a transaction and transition that has to take place there that's just natural, right? And so we're just like, wait for him, wait for him, wait for him. Where's he at? You know, and I want to tell you that through the years of going through these transitions, I've, we together, husband and wife, have learned that um, the more you think about the dilemma, the position, the particle, the problem, the less it gets resolved. Now, you may be hearing me say quantum mechanics or physics right now, and I am. Because if you fixate, we've found out that if you fixate on a problem, a position or a particle, or a person, or a, what, a cat, or a cat, or a chicken, Tom. But that's, that's for the past. Poor guy died. But anyways, if you fixate on the, if you fixate on Particle, position, person, principle, even principle. Program. <laughs> right? Nothing happens. 
There's no move of God. There's no movement of God. I, you know, Solomon will say this. He says, if you focus on money, it'll take uh, wings like an eagle or something like that and fly away. If you're looking for it, it's not going to be there. Why? Because God, Romans 4, 18, Abraham, it says he moved from hope to hope. He, he set his hope in the direct object, which was God. If, as long as his hope was in Sarah's womb, she never became pregnant. This is, this is the way the kingdom works. And now I'm going to tell you, you can't mind meld yourself into this. Like, I'm not going to pay attention because your other part of your mind is over there paying attention. Trust me, I've tried everything. <laughs> I'm like, I'm not paying attention to this circumstance. The whole time the circumstance is in my mind, but I don't, I'm acting like it doesn't exist. You know what that's called? Denial, thank you. Denial doesn't work in the kingdom. Neither does dog. Neither does tenacity. What I mean is I'm gonna pull myself up by the bootstraps and make this thing come about. That one does not work in the kingdom. Well, I just smothered the right and the left right there, didn't I? <laughs> Denial doesn't work and neither does that tenacity to make something happen. So what are you left with? Vulnerability and dependency and complete exposure, which we don't let... I mean, I don't know. Do y'all? I, I have a little hard time with that. I want to put my hands to something. You know, I want to make it happen by try to work an angle. Do you see what I'm saying? So there we are. And, um, and so uh, I have the nicest uh, time that day because I'm like, nothing's working out. I might as well enjoy the day. <laughs> we don't know where we're moving in the morning. Bless you. Who, whatever. And um, so, and this, this, uh, this will get a segue and for guests to speak to you just for a minute about Star Child, but him and I, we take this like, if you, if you ever go walking with that guy, you're going to get yourself run through. I'm like, where, he's taking off, you know, and uh, like seven miles later, I'm <laughs> anyways, we walked all together and had the best yeah, second witness, this other guy's walk with it. You ever walk with that guy? He's like four steps out in front of me. And I, you know, I tell Karen, now don't you walk out in front of me. You're making me look bad to all my male brothers. And, uh, but Gus, on the other hand, she said, that's not fair. He gets to walk out in front of you, but I can't. <laughs> I said, all the men will look at me like I'm just like whooped. <laughs> Everybody knows what I'm saying, but don't say it. But it's like, don't you walk out in front of me. I'm the leader here, I think. <laughs> Anyways, um, so we have this walk. We're just enjoy our whole time together, whatever. We uh, end up having this wonderful talk with his daughter, Josephine. Well, right about the time, Kara sends me this text. And I didn't have my phone with me. I left it. And on the phone, it says, um, she says, I may have found a place on Josephine Drive. And so having this wonderful talk with Gus's daughter, Josephine, and then I see this. Now, I, I want you to see this because all of you that are involved in Star Child, you'll notice in the work of uh, the reading work that what I'm attempting to do in that is to get you to draw beyond what you see into the double connotation. And so I'm hoping that you hear that what I'm, what I'm saying here in relationship to how in that article uh, concerning Condor that he's looking beyond 
on the hour and he's studying the narrative that's going on behind it or the he's seeing a picture but he's looking beyond the picture to find a reality and I'm, what I'm suggesting to you within Star Child within your S2 which is your biblical meditation worship time moving into your S3 which is um, the reading of the article is that you would learn to see beyond what you see because this is the way the Lord trained me in the kingdom and it taught me how. And I'm, what I'm wanting to give you is a real-time example of how it works. So denotation says, the denotation says, we're moving out tomorrow. We don't have a place to live. We don't have another structure to go into. That's, the, that's up front. Connotation, and we're waiting on the connotation, meaning I'm looking for a double-proof reality that'll match a, or a double-proof unseen reality. Now, remember this. Faith is, the, faith is the title deed hoped for is the objective proof of an unseen reality. That's the better Greek translation. So faith is a title deed, meaning that there's a transfer in the natural because we don't divorce the natural from the spiritual. God doesn't divorce himself from humanity he comes and makes it puts himself in a human okay so you don't divorce the two now this is very important that we understand this because one of the the problems that we've had is we didn't know the way that God necessarily relates to us many of us have not and I studied him for years he made me a student of him and what I found was he mostly works I found him to work through this double connotation method Meaning that there's this upfront, again, denotation or structure or thing that's in front of me that I can see, i.e. like Sarah's womb. Or in this case, we don't know where we're going to live. We need a, another structure house. But behind it, there's a storyline that's going on. And it's the, the way you bring the heaven to earth is you find that double proof, that match. Um, Deuteronomy tells us you find the match on two or three witnesses. All right, so is it led by the mouth of two or three witnesses? What, a thing, what, is established. So to bring establishment into the natural realm, we must move beyond the denotation into the double connotation, or, or sometimes the word will give you a triple proof. This is how you walk in the kingdom. This is how you see the kingdom. Because my assignment here was not just to teach people how to hear because he told me, sheep hear my voice, but kings and queens see. It was to teach you how to operate as a kingdom, see, to see the kingdom, and then not just see it as some kind of ethereal nonsense, but to transact it into the, uh, from heaven into the earth. And let me say this. If there isn't that transaction, you need to hold it suspect. Because the Lord said in the Lord's prayer, what's in heaven, What? be on earth. So some people that have a real ethereal kind of nonsensical kind of life, but it, if it doesn't transact into reality, it's not, I, I would hold it suspicious because it needs to have a transaction into the now. Um, and I, I do a teaching on that too. Enoch 65 slash 300 in the podcast. And I get down into the philosophy of how the kingdom works and I had to cut my teeth on this, and I have to live this way, that there has to be a transaction from heaven to earth or hold it suspect. So double connotation happens. I'm there, in, and it's all out of joy. I'm enjoying 
my relationship with Gus, getting to talk to his daughter together. It's a sweet time. It's so much joy there, so much in the friendship. It's just wonderful. And right in the midst of all of that, the Lord is speaking, speaking through his daughter, Josephine, speaking through my wife, Josephine. So I, I leave his house. I text the people. They write me back. Or no, they call me back within 15 minutes. I'm telling you, I don't know why people don't do that, but they did. And I knew there was favor on it. The lady spoke with just just so much kindness and everything. She says, um, Mr. Moffat, we're ready to help you out. And I said, you have a place? She said, yes, we have this place or whatever. And I tell Kara, I get home. I said, I believe this is the word of the Lord is double Josephine. And so I'm like, okay, it's the word of the Lord. Let's move on it. So I asked the lady, prepare me a contract. She puts me together a contract. I get the contract. She wanted $17,000 for 55 nights stay. And I said, how in the world did I miss the Lord? Because this isn't right. And I, you know, that's like over $8,500 a month rent payment or something like that. And I was like, I wrote her back. I said, no way. But I got to tell you now, I'm sure I'm tracking the Lord. And I'm saying that because I've had this happen so many times. And the Lord's like, well, you know, or Henry, the Lord through Henry's like, give them a real time example or, you know, tell them what happened. So I'm going to tell you. So then I'm like, oh, $17,000. And, um, and so we have to move out. We move out the next morning. Still don't know what to do. It's 10 a.m. We leave there. And then uh, Jeff he, and Kelly call us. said, well, you guys come over. We'll hang out. We'll have a big a family slumber party or something like that. And I was like, all right. And um, now it's like, I don't, so we end up having the most wonderful time with them. And anyways, long story short, I said to the lady, I was like, I'm not doing, we're not doing that. And then she says, um, well, actually we have another place just right down on. And I said, where's it at? She said, Josephine Drive. Anyways. They cut the, price, the cost down way below that. I just want to say that. I'm not going to call the number, but I'll tell you that they cut the cost and they made it better. We're provided. And we're living there. And possibly maybe for three months, which is nice because the kids kind of like say, okay, don't get too comfortable though. <laughs> so, <laughs> and I want to show you that if you wait on the Lord, if you wait on him, and you don't move out time. And, and in our case, we don't really have a lot of choices. I mean, we can retreat. We can like say, well, hey, we can call somebody up and say, can we live with you? <laughs> Any of y'all want eight people to come live with you? <laughs> I probably not. But I mean, you know, and I, the Lord's like, don't do any of that. You just wait on me. And so, so anyways, there's an example of how that works in real time and space and how you can interact with the kingdom in a place of vulnerability, fully exposed. And I want to tell you, as a male, as a man, I'll be honest with you, it feels shameful for me not to know where I'm going to take my family. I'm just going to tell you. And if most of you men that have your own families, you know what I mean. Take care of your kids and your wife. What? You can't put them in a decent, I mean, it's, ah, right? Until you're like, I'm going to give you the bird, devil. <laughs> You know, like take that because I have a good father and I don't know what's going to happen here, but just take that and stuff it because <laughs> he loves us, right? 
And I'll tell you, I'll tell you the biggest challenge personally, the very challenge is two things concerning the father. Is he faithful and is he good? And it comes into those moments when you're twi- <clears throat> Is he faithful? Yes. yes, Tom. And is he good? Yes. yes. <laughs> I mean, yes. And allow yourself, if you will, however the Lord's leading you, he might not be leading you through changes, but allow the Lord, however he's leading you, to run you up against the stops. Allowing to run you to the edge of and run all your risk out. Run your risk out and see if he won't be faithful and good to you. Try him and see. All right, Gus, if you'll come up. Yeah. Uh, and share just something he went through this week. I think it's really apropos to today, and then we'll see where we go next. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Good morning. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. <laughs> Feels like morning. I know. Yeah. Um, Carol just wants me to share this because I shared it with him. I was just being honest with him about some uh, wrestling I did with my conception of him as I wrestled with one aspect of the challenge. (laughs) And I was being honest because I was making fun of myself. And he just wants to, if any of you are still being challenged by the challenge, to not bother him about it anymore. I'm kidding. He didn't say that. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so I guess we're about halfway through it, I think, right? No, no, we're just a fourth of the Wait, is it, how many is days it is it? 13 or 14 days. How many days is it? 60. Oh, I thought it was 25. Oh, well. Okay. <laughs> now I'm going to start grumbling about Carol again. <laughs> I was, anyway. Um, so I'm sure everybody who's doing the challenge has had one or more of the little, you know, tasks that just provoked you a little bit for some reason or another. It just didn't fit into your current habit paradigm or it wasn't something you were good at doing naturally and it might've bothered you, which is kind of the point of taking on a challenge, right? Is to learn things about yourself. Um, God often reveals the most to me when I find myself irritable, right? (laughs) Impatient, frustrated. I think it's telling me more about me than it is about the circumstances that may be the occasion of me to feel irritable for the most part. And it's a great opportunity to move in and move deeper and explore that. And why? Why would I be this irritable about something? In my case, it was because I was very hungry. And it's all Carol's fault. (laughs) Um, But uh, I'm joking, obviously. So the nutritional piece um, for me uh, isn't really that difficult. With the work that I do, I fully understand how how we interact with nutrition changes our body and informs our health and how we feel. And so for years, not always throughout my life, but for years I've been developing a very disciplined approach to, to food in general. Um, because, you know, most people, uh, and it's not because they wouldn't know, it's not because they don't know this because they're necessarily ignorant. It's just people don't talk about what food really is. And we think about it as what do we like and what fills us up. And obviously we think about it as energy. People who know a little more think of it as information, which it is. It's very much information for the body. But if you were to break up that information, you'd know there's two major categories of information. One is energy, calories from fats, carbohydrates, potentially protein, which we do need over time because our body will need a source of energy. Um, but we have a lot of reserve energy that God designed into our bodies so that we wouldn't necessarily always have to eat. We'll be okay if we don't get to calories. 
The other piece, broad category of information are nutrients, amino acids, essential fatty acids, micronutrients, vitamins, minerals, all of that. Well, that's actually what maintains the structure and function of your cells, of your body. It's the nutrients that keep the structure and function working. The calories just provide the energy for everything to continue. And on any given day, even very lean people have plenty of reserve calories to continue to maintain operations. When the body struggles is when it begins to get nutrient deficient. Because then it has to, it can't engineer these things itself, so it has to start figuring out, well, how am I going to keep this working and that working and this working? Which things can I allocate away from and so I can keep these core things going? And then we start having problems, whether it's detoxification issues, gut issues, brain fog, or whatever. So through, I, I spend a lot of time trying to educate people. I work with about this and that modern food does not uh, solve both of those challenges for us. It solves the calorie problem for sure. Modern food gives us plenty of calories, right? It's not, the energy part is there. But modern food do, does not provide the density or comprehensive amount of nutrients needed to maintain our bodies. Now, there are exceptions, people who grow their own food, know their soil, tend their own livestock, they can do this for themselves. But for the vast majority of people who have to rely on the marketplace for food, even the non-GMO, organic, all that, you're not going to get the nutrient density to keep your body working. So we can supplement that. We can actually add it in a lot of times for food-based sources and know, okay, we've checked the nutrient box. That's what I do. I just real quickly find efficient ways to deliver all the nutrients. And then I think about the calories later. How can I get the calories? Well, I've engineered ways to get the calories that are clean, non-toxic, and to work for me. And those are my go-tos. We were also moving right when he started this challenge. He didn't ask me about that either, about whether it was a good time for me to take on this challenge. <laughs> I'm kidding. Yeah, no, no, it's okay. <laughs> no, I, I'm, I, that's all in jest. Anything that I'm pushing on to Carol is, man, it's a complete joke, okay? Um, and so I didn't have time to go find my new resources. So I look at the nutrition plan, and I realize you got a track and no added sugar. That's it, right? Pretty easy. You can eat fruit, you can eat honey, you can eat natural sugars. Actually, you can just eat everything out there you want as long as they didn't add sugar to it. I actually think it's a great idea. However, a few of my go-tos for calories, which are very nutritious, non-toxic foods, had added sugar. Five grams of added sugar. Jeff and I got into, we piled on Carol regarding our kombuchas. <laughs> we were like, get to make the case. We're going to get an exception for kombucha on this challenge. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, yeah, uh, Jeff had asked me if he could split his kombucha in five days because it had five added sugars in it and only drink 20% per day. Yes, yeah. that's right, yes. And so Carol has texted me and said, Oh, I had to dock myself a point because a can of beans I opened had a gram of sugar added. And that's when it dawned on me how serious he was taking this added sugar thing. I thought he was talking about donuts, cupcakes, ice cream, cookies. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, no problem. I can leave, I can leave the desserts off. <laughs> so uh, first I tell him, you cannot be taking points away for people over a can of beans. Do not do that. Everybody's going to get demoralized when they go in the grocery store and start reading labels and see how we add sugar to everything. And they're all going to freak out and be like, I'm just not doing this, right? Um, so he graciously gave everybody one gram of sugar <laughs> of added sugars a day. I'm like, that's not what I was looking for. I wanted at least five because that's what my bars have in them, you know? <laughs> and anyway, so the, my problem is this. I, I generally 
don't eat as much food, meaning I tend to stay in a calorie deficit. Um, We can get into that kind of stuff later. So I actually need calories. And when I need them, I really need them. Um, I don't get like starvation mode, pass out, hypoglycemic. It's just that I'm in a state where I really do need to make sure I get energy into my body. Um, I'm on that side of the equation. So I, I realize I don't have any tools to do it. I'm moving my family, unpacking. I've got to travel to speak at a conference in the middle of that, come back, and I'm getting hungry. <laughs> I'm like, and, and we don't have any like fresh food because the, we just moved into a new home and the refrigerator hasn't been done. And I'm like, what am I supposed to do? I can't eat my bars, right? Like, but why? Because I can't take a point off, right? <laughs> That's, uh, I mean, so all I had to do is eat what I had and just give up a point. <laughs> so. Uh, yeah, so over a couple, yeah, so over a <laughs> but you do, <laughs> but uh, over a couple of days, I'm like hungry and I haven't had time to get to the grocery to search it out and find my sources. And I'm like, in my mind, this is just, this is a bad design. <laughs> Right. Carol could have like just said, stop the desserts. That's what's getting people all bound up and problematic. Like who cares about the little bit of added sugar and stuff like that? And I'm kind of getting a little angry at Carol in my mind. Like he's putting me through something. <laughs> I'm suffering because of Carol. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 under, I understand. I'm making fun of myself right now. <laughs> okay. And eventually, of course, but here's the main thing. Like, I know Carol. He's a dear friend of me. And he would never actually put me in a position to uh, suffer, like, it for uh, not for a good reason. If it was for the Lord, maybe, but never for a not, not just a flippant reason or something like that. He doesn't want that for the people he loves and cares about. He doesn't want it for anybody. So I know his heart. So I'm like, I can't stay angry at Carol. Like, this is, this is stupid, you know? It's not his problem. <laughs> it's my problem. I can't give up a point. I need to eat. I don't have what I need. I refuse to, you know? I'm like, I create this whole scene for myself and, uh, you know, kind of build it all up. Finally, I do get over to the Ingalls and it's like, whoa, this was really good for me because as I go scanning all the different options for nutritional bars, prepackaged dried fruit, nuts, all kinds of stuff, I'm like, they've added five, six, seven grams of sugar to everything, even the dried fruit. Like, why do you have to add sugar to dried fruit? I don't get it, you know, and I get it. I get what the marketplace is doing by engineering food to cause us to just not be able to stop eating it. And I finally found my bar, though. I did. I found my bar. It has no unnatural ingredients. It's got a good little ratio. It's calorie dense, tastes decent enough to eat, and has zero added sugar. I bought like 30 of them. (laughs) And I started utilizing those until we could get real food. And uh, then my, uh, my need for caloric energy was satiated and my whole temperament changed as well. <laughs> because if we're hungry or if we're tired and we need sleep, we become weak. No matter how spiritual we are, we become weak. Elijah, you know, he was, had sleep and was given some cake. And then he was cake. It was what he was, I think the angel brought him. <laughs> he, took, he, he took, he had cake, he took a nap, and then he felt all better. <laughs> um, but anyway, so, uh, yeah. And so I shared it with Carol, what I went through psychologically, because I wanted him to know, and, uh, and, and we could laugh about it together because he knows that it, w- it had nothing to do with him whatsoever. 
Like, I'm also thinking, okay, Carol does, doesn't make stuff up on his own. Like, the Lord often gives Carol the prescript proscriptions that he passes along to us. And to the extent that the Lord was involved in designing this challenge for our formation, those of us who felt up to it, then my real problem would be with the Lord. <laughs> He's the one that made me like either have to give up a point or go hungry, right? Like, and uh, I'm not gonna certainly take a, a hard case up against him over these kinds of matters, right? And so I just was like, you know, and I, and I think when I shared with him, he was able to share that other people have struggled in other dimensions. It's been challenging because he gets a lot of feedback about that. And uh, I understand, and he didn't, he's just trying to do something good for all of us. And what was good for me um, were a couple of things. One, I didn't lose a point. I'm kidding, okay, <laughs> that's a joke. Um, the, the other thing that was good for me is it really opened my eyes to this added sugar problem, right? Because I've just sort of carved out my own niche and I teach my patients how to do it. And then when you get into that place where you've taken care of the nutrients and you've gotten your body healthy, you don't have to pay as much attention. You get a lot of freedom with food because a healthy body can handle uh, whatever, the calories from any source, it'll metabolize them. It can handle some of the bad stuff that comes in our food because it's working right. So you get this freedom on the other side of it to just live life and not have to be so like, oh my gosh, am I getting this or am I not getting that? But to see the real problem with what they've done to our food, which I teach people all the time about all the toxicants and all that kind of stuff, um, was eye-opening to find a new suitable bar that gets me through my calorie problem uh, that's actually healthier than what I had before. That's a big win. Um, and ultimately to actually have God expose me. I will allow myself to stay frustrated rather than just say, oh, well, I'm just not going to be able to complete that task today. My self-righteousness, my perfectionism, all those other kinds of things that often push me uh, into states where I'm not really living out of him, I'm living out of me, uh, and how I'm ready to blame shift and take my frustrations, irritations, and say somebody else created those for me rather than them being all mine. So I learned a lot just from that. I uh, hope you guys have also been able to, as you were challenged by the task, possibly learn some more things or even better things. Uh, thank you. Thank you, guys. Yeah. So with that being said, one thing that we're doing in a challenge is if you've had like, let's say lost a point or point violation or something, we're going to give away three free points. So if it, something's put you out of the challenge and, you know, it was just like whatever, but everybody could have three points. So you can go back and edit it if, you're, if it's dropped you in your point standing and you're like, no, I want a chance. Because um, one thing I hope you're hearing, what he's really saying, and, and he epitomized that really well at the end, but one thing I, I hope you're hearing is, is, um, there's real transformation in these. They're not inconsequential. Those t tasks that I've placed in that challenge, me and the Lord went over every single one of them down to lit little nitpicky point to one. But I didn't even want to come off of that. Personally, I didn't. I was uh, because I, I wanted to be really careful that I honor the Lord in it because it, I believe it came from him. It is meant to challenge you. But if, if you'll notice what he's saying, that my performance orientation or my blame shifting or this kind of thing comes up in us. 
And, and I don't know if you know this, but these objections that come up in us, they are actually prohibitive in the sense of bringing us possibly into who we're uh, meant to be in the Lord. For instance, we may not even realize we're objecting to things or making these statements in our life that are characterizing our life because we have in, in a way decided how we should live. And we don't know possibly that we have formed a God in our what? In our image. The point of Star, the Star Child Challenge is to begin to question the God we're serving, to question the way we view the God we serve and the way we live our life every day. Um, in the case of Gus, which I believe that's, is that A1 or A2 in the challenge? That one aspect, Gus is a consummate nutritionist doctor. He's a phenomenal doctor in this area. Notice where he bristles. He bristles in the area that he's the strongest in. I think that's what Paul was saying that about the weakness and the strength. And sometimes we bristle in the area of our pride. That's the area the Lord's putting his finger on. That's the area he wants to bring us into greater vulnerability. But notice, thankfully, he made that transition through the pride wall of I'm a nutritionist. What, I mean, he could easily say he's a professional. I am not. He can easily do that and be right that he is. I am not a professional in, my, in that field. But he pushes through. What does he find? He finds through moving through the challenge something better actually for him than the very thing that seemed like it was sitting there. I want to suggest to all of us that that is the nature of the very nature of moving through a wall or a dimensional space that has kept us probably more than likely back in who we are in the Lord. When Jesus's disciples, after he had been crucified and this man comes walking through the wall, fear presents and it goes through fear or anger anger portion works right. He says, I'll make it happen. I'll push this through. I'll force it into being fear. I don't know what I'm going to do. Denial can set up in here. You have this wall. The Lord comes right through it because the Lord, I believe is modeling for us that I want to show you that in, in this glorified humanity that I'm taking you into it, you can go right through these obstacles when you come into a place of real vulnerability with me, this full dependence, recognizing that you need me and you allow this to happen, you will come in and, and here's the thing. And I, can, I believe I can guarantee this uh, from God's holy word, but not just from that, from living a life my, myself and my family, that on the other side of that wall, it is better than it was on the previous side. In Zechariah, he says, Flee to the stronghold of Zion, and I declare to you this day, I will restore to you double. Man, I feel that. Flee to the stronghold. What? The Lord. Flee to him. Flee to him. And I will break through the barrier of your limitations. See, I, we only know what we know. We only can conceive of it. For Gus, for instance, the only thing he conceived of was the present caloric bar that he had that had sugar added. It wasn't until he had to embrace that headspace that he goes through it. 
And on the other side of it is something that has improved or better. Please hear me because everything is like this with the Lord. So the Lord is not imposing his will on you. That's why the Star Child Challenge is voluntary because no imposition and no manipulation. You don't, so the Lord won't do that. He won't. But what if this challenge is just an entry point for you? Nine aspects are an entry point to check the image or idea that we have of God to be transformed or transfigured by coming through it. And I, I want to suggest that it is. That it is for the purpose. That is the purpose of it. And, and it, it, I mean, I'm doing it with you. I'm being changed with it myself. I mean, it's phenomenal. Actually, I'm like, man, Lord, this is pretty amazing. You know, you know how to, uh, you know how to change us. And so I want to suggest that, that at every breaching of a transaction like that, these things will show up. Denial, fear, uh, blame shifting, anger, performance orientation. They'll come and they'll present at the wall. But if, you, if you'll wait on the Lord, you can move through the double connotation, go through the wall, the barrier that's held you back your whole life, and you come into God's everything back uh, right for us. Uh, Stephen, I'm, I'm going to close with this. I'm going to share, share this with you because I was um, really touched by this this week, and I know I don't want us to go you know, too long today, but uh, Sean Gerlach, he came into our fellowship a few weeks ago, and and uh, it was at the potluck, and he had a copy of this, actually. Uh, here is his copy, and I, I just went and purchased me one. Um, and it's called Take This Word to Heart, the Shema in Torah and the Gospel. I think it's $3.88 on Amazon. And I'm not telling you to read it or anything. I'm just, I was just really touched by this uh, this week, especially concerning today. And concerning, concerning the Shema, concerning today being called King of Glory, primogeniture, and that, listen, O Israel, I know we, we hear a lot here and we're transformed, but listen, O Israel, the Lord is one. And I had picked this up in, his, in, in this, they have different writers, and this is by Amy Barker, and it, it just really hit me because... Um, and I think you'll see, I think you'll see how beautiful this is as, as we close. Chapter number four, the double love command. Matthew's hermeneutical key. And uh, if you're in the challenge, you know that hermeneutics is thrown around a lot, but it's like the science of how to interpret. And that's mostly why I'm wanting you to read this article is because I'm wanting you to be able to relate to our father. I want to take out all the barriers to relating to him. That, that's what that challenge is actually for. Its purpose is to remove every barrier so that you would just instantly relate with our father. That, that's the, if I could tell you anything, you can't be, that's why it's called star child. Um, because he wants to shine his light through us. And then as children, we relate to him as father. So every barrier being removed, the thing the Pharisees had set up, all these hindrances, doing the best with the Lord I can to just remove every hindrance. Just for full, for full what? Double love. I love this, uh, the double love command. And maybe you can even hear in your hearts right now, you know, flee to the stronghold of Zion and I will what? 
I'll restore to you double. I'll restore to you everything. If it, we, we would just trust that he will, and he will, you know, um, I'll restore to you everything. I'll, I'll, I'll bless you. I'll restore your soul. I'll take care of you and your families. I'll repair your health-related issues. I will, I will give you my whole self. Because listen, O Israel, listen, O Israel, the Lord is one. One, one, what? Something he was saying, something so beautiful out of Deuteronomy. Again, I won't fool union with you. I want to relate. Um, today during worship, he's telling me, he said, I'm a lover. He just keeps on telling me that. And I was like, I love your love. I like how Melinda Scrog says, I love to be loved and I love to love. And that the double love would come down on us, this beautiful, sweet, tender love. You know, you know how it's different than that tree of knowledge of good and evil that's making judgments against yourself or someone else. The one that's socially conscious and self-conscious, can we just do away with that thing? Can we just come under the double love? They used to call it that. They called it the double blessing the old saints did in the holiness movement. The double love. An expert in a law came to Jesus. He was referred to as one of them. One of who? One of who? Them. One of them. Not one of him. You see the difference? One of them. He got his credentials, his um, acumen, uh, his sense of who he was, his identity from being one of them. Him, not one of them, always on the outside, always trying to find our identity in somewhere else, something else, some aspect of something, some cultural milieu, some like uh, subculture, trying to find something other than the one of him, the one of him inside. I'm not one of them. I don't need to name drop anymore, right? I'm one with him. You see the difference? Yeah. And so he's got the one that's one of them always has to challenge the one of him. It's gonna be a challenge. These three descriptive qualifiers concerning him intensifying to our focus on him. And this qualification is placed in the climatic position highlighting his role as tester. Clearly, he serves as a foil within the Matthewan narrative. He passes from the scene without further mention. By comparing Matthew 4, 1 and 3 and Matthew, okay. The Pharisees share this testing role with Satan. So in Matthew 4, remember this is the temptation of Christ. In Matthew 16, and it's speaking of, they're sharing a role to test him. He's being tested. Now, I think that, I think that if you hear this, that we have been being tested, what? Are you one of them or are you one of him? 
I think all testing actually, and God has his own son tested. He's testing him to see where his orientation lies. Are, are you one of yourself? Is, is this about you? Is this, um, is, or is, are you grouping yourself within a social construct and that's how you get your identity? Now, I want to suggest that all conflict you deal with your enemy or an attack or anything is it's, it's trying to see, are you one of them? Are you one of you? Are you one of him? It's all righteousness, all attacks are for that purpose. A hero Israel, the Lord is one. I'm the lover. I'm the primogeniture of your soul. I want oneness with you. So remember, every time you're attacked, when you come under attack, it's like, why didn't you do that? Why aren't you doing something? It'll always be oriented back to you. I'm telling you, the enemy, he's, that's his tactic. It's to get you to center your life on yourself. That's, his, that's the way he robs you of victory. This is the methodology, is to get you to orient back to what you could do, what you should do, what you could have done, or what you should have done. And if he can't get you there, he'll get you onto someone else. What they should have done, what they could could have done, what they should do, or what they could have, or what they hadn't done. <laughs> There's eight aspects. There's eight of them. One of them is the self-conscious, the other is the social conscious. And if you take eight times eight, you get 64. And I'm gonna tell you, the enemy is a master tactician, your enemy. He's trying to play this whole thing against you to, and the Lord may be allowing it to test you. Why? To bring you into oneness and union with him. So the Lord has allowed the enemy, why? To bring you into covenantal loyalty, but not just like intellectual loyalty or relational loyalty, but oneness. And so the enemy comes and attacks you. See, da, 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 da. See, da, 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 da. I'm one with him. Yeah, but what, it, what about that? And what about that? No, I'm one with him, right? Or I'm one with them or I'm my own person. Okay, so he says, understanding this passage in light, the honor and shame culture, culture of the first century, it sheds light on the meaning I think it in the Greek says periason, perieso. Um, it means to test. Used as well for te uh, Jesus testing by the devil, okay? It doesn't imply the sort of temptation to which those who are morally weak and has come to you is not because you are morally weak or because you lack self-restraint. Matthew's lifting up Jesus as the hero who must be challenged and tested. This is the meaning of the, the implication of test here. So it's, it's not a test because of a lack of morality. And it's not a test because of a lack of self-restraint. It's a test because, and I, and I believe this, he lacks restraint in eating. Or because, uh, Gus, because you are morally weak. He's making you and forming you into someone that is greater than, greater than and being tested as, as a hero. Tessa, as a star child, 
And so we can complain, we can complain at that level, but, but wait a minute, like who are you to the Lord? How special are you to the Lord? I don't think a lot of people that I know that's in this room right now lack in morality or self-restraint for the most part. So God's testing here is to test this oneness of union. Although Matthew is not unique in casting the Jewish leaders as those who tested Jesus, yeah, Matthew's highlighting this role more than the other synoptic writers do. Teacher, which is the great commandment in the law? Before examining the specifics of this question, it's helpful to view this question in its context, a broader context, in which there, he's going to go through. There's these um, these challenges, a uh, challenge repost exchange. The four challenge type steps are to claim to honor. Number two, a challenge to that claim. Number three, a repost to the challenge. And four, a public verdict by the onlookers. Um, narratives may not always reveal the four stages. For example, the claim to honor is often presumed. Jesus' honor is the premise of Matthew's gospel. But listen, I mean, it may have not have been in that day. I mean, this is the carpenter that comes from Nazareth. So his honor is being put on online. And sometimes the public response is noted, although we can assume its existence because in the world of Jesus and Matthew, all significant social intercourse um, took place in a public arena. But in the middle steps, the challenge of the repost, or which is always clearly in view, and for the narrator is at the heart of the matter. Uh, meaning that at the heart of the matter, what's happening here in these four points is, and wanting to see, okay, you're saying that you have honor, you have some kind of position, okay? Um, now it's going to be, there's gonna become a challenge to your claim, okay? Now there has to be a, there has to be something that comes forward to answer to the challenge. And then number four, there has to be a per verdict by the onlookers. So it becomes public. It goes from like a private to a public interchange. I thank for this guy standing beside me. <laughs> I have watched this man be challenged so much. I mean challenged. Will he, will he? Lead worship up here when he's taking heat from every side. I've watched him and I love him because I've watched a man take heat over and over and over and over again and will lead us into some of the most beautiful worship. Now I can give him public honor because it says, let another man speak well of you. But that's why I respect him. And that's why I think we're very close friends. I respect a man who will put everything on the line get lots of reasons to be told from circumstances that it's not true and still be faithful. And I believe, Stephen, that your desire that, that you would want nothing else but him is answered in that exchange. And I believe that about you. I believe that that's what makes you a remarkable person in this house. I believe it because time and time again when we stand in the context of an environment like this and we say I'll have him or nothing else he says oh I'll take that up 
Well, my circumstances are telling me something different. Let's all stand together. They're telling me that that's not true. That when I take a stand for him and I take heat for him and I, uh, I'm honest and do what is right, that something is telling me that is not true. But I nevertheless will stand. And in that way, I believe that this is the methodology of our king. I will make myself one with that person. Listen, O Israel. Listen, O Israel. Listen, O Israel. Listen, O Israel. The Lord is one. Yeah, there's going to be challenges. There's challenges. They're challenging you, trying to tell you a different narrative. And let me suggest to you that the Lord is allowing you to be challenged. If you could take a sovereign creator like that, that's challenging you. That's literally allowing circumstances to tell a complete different narrative than the one he's telling you. If you could take a God like that, a sovereign God that is, that is allowing that in your life right now so that he can one himself with you. If you could take that, if, if you could just take that, you could take a different type of a, that you're not the people that are just getting milk here, but getting meat. <laughs> that you have been sovereignly elected by God for greatness in his kingdom. If you could just take that and you could believe that and you could say, you know what? I don't care, come what may. My circumstances, my relationships, you could tell me this about my health. You could tell me this about everything. Now, I'm not changing my position. I believe this is what brings the Father so much pleasure. It brings him pleasure. They love me and they believe me regardless of what they see. And blessed are you, Thomas. And blessed is the one who believes without seeing. You know, um, blessed is that kind of person, that the one who doesn't doubt. And listen, if you do doubt, which I have so many times, just give it to him. Give him your doubt. Just give it to him. Like, honestly, like I think I'm having a problem with doubting right now. He says, oh man, I love it when you're honest with me like that. Yeah, I'll take that too. And let him just come in and warm your heart. Oh, I'll take that. Yeah, because the Lord's in the business of producing some star children. <laughs> He's in the business of producing some heroes of the faith. He's in the business of making you look like him. Hero Israel, Whew. the Lord is one. Question, are we one of them? Are we one of him? All right, let's, let's take communion together. We'll come up for a communion. We'll take it together.
time I want you to hear this what are the four steps in a challenge repost exchange one is a claim to honor now, now hear me because the words like tell me this like hear me what is the claim to honor not not self-honor but let me tell you that I am I am of him that's your claim to honor that he's mine and I am his this is your claim to honor I'm the Lord's right so if you go to claim your own honor, that's where the problem can come in. Okay, so we're now, then there's another problem that, come, that comes up, that the claiming of your own honor or the shame of not claiming him. So, so you, we don't want to do either one of those. I don't want to claim my own honor, but I also don't want to um, act like I don't know him. You, you know what I'm saying? Deny him. I don't want to get in denial, which is left-based, and I want to get into arrogancy, which is right-based. Claim to my own honor, or to say I'm of I'm of them. So it's a claim to uh, honor that can come from a crowd or from um, uh, credentialing and all that, whatever. I don't want to make that my claim. That can still get into arrogancy. You see, so the claim to honor here is not those things. It's he's the one. He's the one. I've, I'm giving him the honor and the glory. Okay, then number two, there always comes a challenge to that claim. Now, remember, your your father may allow that claim to be challenged. It could come from another person. It could come from a circumstance, but it may get challenged. I just want to say these again because I really want you to see when God's making, I don't know, star child is what he calls it, you know, to me. 
then this is the way because he's making you like himself. So then comes the, the, the challenge. And then there's the repost to the challenge. Listen to this. It's, it's a quick return thrust followed by a parry. It can also be a quick, clever reply to an insult or a criticism. It's, it's, it's to make a quick return thrust in fencing is to repost. This is where the word of God is sharp. That's two edges sword. And so what you're doing is you're, you're thrusting back what? I'll tell people all the time, like, find the scripture you need on this one. Let's find a word to go back with. And Jesus does this. He does this, you know, hey, you shall not put the Lord your God to the test. You know, I mean, he tells him, he's quoting Deuteronomy. I mean, okay, so we're going to repost. So first, I'm not going to claim my own honor. I'm not going to deny his honor. I'm going to say I'm of him. Then number two, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be challenged. Okay, so you're going to be challenged. You might not like it, but you're going to be. Something, something's going to challenge. Then you're going to repost. Bam! Take that. The word of God, where the clarity is in the scripture. And, and in the midst, a lot of time by a public verdict is going to come from your own looker. Maybe we don't like to be seen out in the public. Maybe we want to hide our Christianity. And wherever it is, whatever context it is, but it's probably going to be seen. And so you need to allow this life of God that's in you to be seen. It's beautiful. You know, and, um, and it's, it's going to come into the public foray. And so other people are watching your life. Now, you've heard that before, haven't you? They're watching to see. I wonder when push comes to shove, when all the chips are down, or that person said that about them, or when their health fails them, or when this problem, I wonder what they'll do. People are watching, people are looking to see, would they remain faithful? I mean, yeah, they struggle, but would they stay? I, I and, and then I love this about Abraham. He gave glory to the Lord. He's glorified him. And uh, that's the beauty of it. You just, it's all the glory goes back to him out of your life. Now the Lord, he lived this way. This is what he did all the time. He had this loyalty and covenant shut up in his heart and he just stayed this way. Everything you see he does oriented like this. He said, you're gonna need me for this. So here he is in this way. He took the bread and he broke it. And he said, this is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. You need grace to live this way. You need grace upon grace. This isn't according to your own ability, your own skill set. This isn't your lack of skill or your lack of ability either. No, it's all by grace. And he said, this is the blood of the new covenant, which is poured out for you. Do this in remembrance of me. I love you, Lord, and I'm so grateful to you. And I want the powers and the principalities of the air to know me right now and to know that I give my Father glory. And I say that you're good and that your faithfulness endures forever. And I say, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I 
dwell and he dwells in me and I'll dwell in his house for all my days yes Lord I'm the Lord's and he's mine oh and I thank you Lord I thank you for the circumstances I thank you for the challenges I thank you Lord I thank you because you know what you're doing with me Father you know what you're doing with all of us Father you got us and may the Lord bless you may the Lord keep you the night. 